Welcome to Destinations by Design. Prepare to dive into the biggest events, weddings, and design feats here in Las Vegas and beyond. Here's your host, Zachary Green. Hello, and welcome to Destinations by Design, the podcast. We are so glad you are here and you're joining us. I'm your host, Zachary Green, and on this podcast, we're aiming to explore new and innovative ideas that are helping to challenge and change the world of live events. And we really want to kick off this first season by introducing you to, first, our company, Destinations by Design, and then some members of our team, and kind of sharing some of our hopes, our goals, and some of our ideas for what we want this podcast to be. That's happening right now on Destinations by Design. And joining us for this introductory episode, we have Harvey Stern. He's the CEO of Destinations by Design. We also have Oscar Rodriguez, the creative director of Destinations by Design. Harvey and Oscar so glad to be here talking about this podcast, guys. This is, this is fun. So exciting. This is yeah, exciting times. Super, super exciting. Thank you. Before we really get into the podcast, I think it's important for listeners who don't know what Destinations by Design the Company is to understand or hear from your words. What is the company and what do you guys do here? We have fun. That's for sure. <laughs> but, you know, we've been around for 32 years, started in 1990 as a traditional destination management company. And over those years, we grew from destination management, which we still do, mm-hmm. but to include event management, event design, really a creative agency. So we kind of take all of those elements. And about 15 years ago, we added the studio. So where we are currently in Las Vegas, 130,000 square foot building. 100,000 is our warehouse, but also our production. We do carpentry, we do paint shop, we do uh, plastic, metal, electric, floral. So we can do end-to-end from the time the client says, hey, I have an RFP for you, until they say thank you. We have the ability to kind of work that through the destination by design way. That's really cool. Oscar, talk to me a little bit about what destinations by design does in the sense of live events. What type of events are you guys planning or working on and doing? Well, you know, not every event is the same. We do anything from full-on productions, uh, immersive experiences, activations, photo ops, just a whole holistic view into what events are. Sometimes it's something smaller and sometimes, you know, the sky's the limit. It ranges all the time. If it was up to me, I would always do something crazy and I'm always told that I'm too expensive that I think, <laughs> I don't know, in weird ways, but um, oh, no. the beauty of being- <laughs> Don't know if it's too expensive, which is very expensive. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but um, the beauty going back again to what Harvey said is having everything in the house is such you know a humbling experience to be able to just sit with your team and design t- something and hear it from the client first and just be a part of the whole process. You design it, you walk to production, they start building it, then this goes to services. We start putting something together and once it's executed, it's like like amazing. For someone who doesn't really know the scope of Destination by Design, like the size, 
Can you maybe talk about some of the clients you guys have worked with or some of the work that you've done in the past, like the scale of your events? Absolutely. And, you know, I think as Oscar talked about, they could be as, as simple as a couple of linens and, and florals. But, you know, the ones that stand out are the big hotel openings. We've helped uh, Aria open its hotel now, you know, almost 11 years ago. Uh, we've been involved with several other casino openings. We've done pretty much every major 500, uh, what do you call that? The Fortune 500. 500. Yeah, that's it. That's oh. it. We've done, we've done <laughs> Fortune go. 500 companies, again, here in Las Vegas and, and, and throughout the country where they, you know, it might be a new product launch. It might be an employee celebration. It might be a customer recognition. You know, it might be a wedding. It could be a, it could be a divorce party. We've, we, we're not, you know, we're not fussing what we'll put together, but it's all about parties. It's all about celebrating even it might be a celebration of life, it's still about bringing people together and what that specialness is. I'm sure it's decor and it's entertainment, but it's about the life of a party is about bringing people together, which look at what happened with the pandemic and why we're doing this podcast series. Hmm. And that kind of goes into what, what I was thinking too, is this podcast, this is something that you came to me and you said, Zach, I don't really know what we want, but we want something. And life of the party, that's really kind of standing out to me right now. So when we think about this first season, we're going to be recording six episodes. I guess the main thought is what do we want to explore and what do we really want to be thinking about that's going to give our listeners an inside look into the live events world, maybe something that they've never known before and walk them away, let them leave feeling like, hmm, that's good or hmm, that works. Well, that's interesting. And, and I think that's the genesis of why we're doing this. When we kind of started DVD back up again, although we never actually closed our doors, we all stop for, you know, 98% of our business with no events and you know, you're a live event company with no events. It's, it's hard to do business. And we did some small stuff to, you know, just to kind of stay busy, worked on cleaning up and organizing as most companies did. But when we started to kind of open up again, and when I came on board in April of 2021, you know, we had three important strategies. One was sustainability. And I think that's what we really want to focus on in season one. We'll see how that goes. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of interesting sustainable ideas, not just reduce, reuse, recycle. But the other two were partnership and understanding partnership. So often we have a partnership with a client or another, you know, another business, B2B. But that when you really look at it, are they partners or are they vendors? And I think that ability to kind of come back after the pandemic we really start to understand partnerships and what that means and what that looks like. And the third is agility. You know, we all agreed you cannot come back the way you left. So when we left in the first quarter of 2020, we all thought it'd be for two weeks and we were experiencing our best ever. Hmm. Business was at its peak. And then we're gone, not two weeks, but in some cases, 18 months. So to think you can come back 18 months from when you left at the best ever moment You've got to be agile. Yeah. I mean, Oscar, right? No, no, yeah. I absolutely agree, for sure. Going back to what you said about the pandemic, me being a fan of podcasts itself is, this lends itself to a different way of communicating to not only our audience, but people in this industry as well on a different outlook into it. 
the event industry is the event industry. We're not reinventing the wheel here. We are trying to show our experience and um, put out their new technology trends and how does that translate into our creative input into the industry itself as a whole. And putting it on on a podcast, I think it becomes universal. I think the pandemic opened the doors into mm-hmm. more listening instead of being out there. And for some reason, I think a lot of younger kids and a, a younger demographic will gravitate towards something like this. And um, I think it's going to be super fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, when I, when I think of a podcast and I think about events, it's a field I know a little bit about. It's not a field I know a lot about. I'm a broadcaster. I've been doing that for six years and, you know, have spanned a lot of different topics. And the biggest thing that I've always kind of had to keep in mind is how can we educate people? Because I feel like that's what really brings people into a topic is talking about new innovative ideas that maybe they had little to no idea about or they didn't know was being implemented somewhere and being able to see that implementation or hear about how someone experienced that and try it for themselves. See if it makes them a more successful business person, makes them a more successful creative. Mm -hmm. That's kind of something that I'm, I'm keeping in mind too, when we go through the scripts, when we go through how we're going to formulate and do a lot of this. And and I think what you're describing that I hear is collaboration. We wouldn't talk about these things pre-pandemic because it was the secret sauce maybe, or we didn't share. Mm -hmm. I only put that out there because, you know, some people say we're well past the pandemic, but I don't think the pandemic story is written yet. I think for years, it's going to affect us as a group of people, as a psyche, as as how we oh, do yeah. business, how we do events. That story hasn't been written yet. So this this is very topical on how we do our business. And part of agility is say, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk about what we do together. Mm-hmm. Let's not be afraid of competition. Let's embrace each other. So I'm hoping, yeah, the younger, you know, the younger generation who's coming up listens to this. Hoping our competition listens to this. I'm hoping other partners and clients listen to this. And I'm hoping, you know, we get through season one of sustainability. But season two, I'll tell you right now, let's go right to it. It's partnerships. (laughs) Yeah. The idea of having sustainability as our first season, that's something that we can do. It's something we can break down. And you said it a little earlier. Sustainability is not just going green. And I think that's something that a lot of us miss is um, we think it's just reduce, reuse, recycle. There's a lot more to sustainability. And I think that some of those ways where we can see that is maybe we talk about sustaining our relationships. Maybe we talk about sustaining people. I mean, especially people who are working in the field, right? Like creatives. I assume it must be exhausting coming up with proposals all day and and for your team too, like trying to get them to stay creative. That's where engagement comes in. I think when I first got in here, one of the things that, because again, I'm brand new to Destinations by Design and what really drove me into the company was not only the capabilities, but I felt like a kid on a playground. It was just like, oh my God, what I can build here. If I can build something here, I can build something anywhere because all the assets are around you. And it's a way of thinking to yourself every day. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have a positive outlook. I have this around me. Let's make the best out of it. And then engaging your team to have the same mindset. 
And that's what keeps, I think, everybody here involved and engaged and excited and continue to be creative, even though sometimes it is difficult to have 100 proposals to do. But, you know, it's part of the job. And it's all about outlook and sustaining yourself into a certain degree of like pushing yourself to be better every day for the sake of not only yourself and your team, but the company as a whole and the future of what that will entail, if that makes any sense as well. Yeah, that does make sense. Engagement. That's a that's a huge part in anything. Collaboration. Huge. And even more so now because, and we hope to get into this in season one, but you know, sustainability of, of the employee and the needs and the expectations and the desires have all changed post-pandemic. So how do you sustain your business with a changing employment base? And, and that's going to be a great story to talk about. It's a little scary because, you know, we've never seen this kind of market before. And, you know, there'll be people out, out there listening and watching who have been through recessions, who have been through terrible yeah. events in, in, in history that, you know, we get through as a group as people, as country, as the world. But this is our first time through a pandemic like this, yeah. right? So sustainability and outcome is huge to where we're going and how we're going to do it. And hopefully what we're really going to be able to talk about in season one. And, you know, I think another aspect that we might want to consider exploring the market, talking about things that drive the um, entertainment space and the fact that that takes a lot of strategy. And I think strategy is key to a lot of success and it takes a lot of preparation and a lot of planning to bring something to fruition. It does. And, and you, you talked about how the, you know, the event market ch has changed a little bit. You know, I was in a conversation with someone the other day and 10 years ago, eight years ago, you know, most events would have had an opening reception and a gala dinner seated, plated with entertainment. That's all changed now. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, it still occurs, but not to the same level. It's all about entertaining the group in a much different way. And to be able to be a sustainable business and to have sustainable partnerships, you got to figure out how to embrace that, how to bring that in and work through that, how to be creative on that. So it, it, it definitely is a marketplace that's forever changing. And, and Yeah, it's never the same. Like, you know, and I feel the grounds that I've built my career is trial and error and adapting. You need to adapt to any situation at any given moment, but also you have to try things. Creative minds are about trying new things, failing whenever possible, embracing the failure, and just what if you don't do that? And that's you talk about market. Mm -hmm. This industry is based a lot in the people you know, com comfortable, com comfortability. Sorry, my <laughs> Puerto Rican ness came out there for a second. <laughs> but you know, we know we can do a party within these parameters. But every so often. That's what drives a creative company from point A to Z. When you actually break the rules and you do something that puts you in the map for something different and you change the mindsets of people that do not believe that those can be changed. Then mm. if we learn something through the pandemic, it's like we went from the best years of our life to being close at home, doing things virtually. And now you're having the opportunity to come out of this back with your employees, back with your friends, back with your families. So I believe there's a sense of wanting something different. And I think it's adapting to when it's not possible, whether for budgetary reasons or we want to stay in the same game for whatever, but there's that glimpse of what if. And that's where the trial and error comes in. 
And I think the beauty there is that there's a story there to be told. Yeah. I mean, that's what design is. It's it's telling the story of how this came to be mm -hmm. and how it lived and made someone feel and have that experience. Yeah. It's always a story. That's what our business is, a story that comes alive. And to your point, every everybody engages and takes that in differently. Mm -hmm. You know, before phones, you know, before cell phones, and I can talk to this, you know, when doors opened up to a party, you know, you'd know people having a good time by pointing at each other and going, look at that, mm -hmm. right? And then you heard about it a couple of days later from other people that heard they were at the party, whatever, whatever. Through a fax. Through a fax. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Oscar. But now you know that the party has, it has embraced people, has touched their emotion. When they walk in and their phone is capturing a piece of that party. So you know when that party has emotionally touched a group of people, whether it's the ceiling decor, whether it's the entertainment going on, it's the music, when their phones are out and they want to record and they want to, they want to share that instantaneously with their friends and their family that aren't at the party. Mm -hmm. So that the party elements have changed, but that personal investment into it has never and never will. Wow. I know that most of us don't want to go backwards and necessarily talk about the pandemic. But I think it's important to briefly talk about some of the impacts of it, but translate into how we're coming out of that and how it's changed us and what we're going to be doing differently to adapt, almost like what you said, Oscar. I think that's going to be an important piece to discuss too. Yeah, no, it, it is. And, you know, again, I get, we have to put some guardrails around this. To some yeah. people, we are still in the pandemic. And, you know, for all the lives that were lost and all the tragedy that, you know, people and families endured, that's going to change us forever. We lost way too many people, you know, and that's something that, you know, we just can never forget. But coming out of it, if we are indeed coming out of it and how we come out of it, like I said earlier, will depend on the final chapter is written. I don't, I don't think they're written yet. I think we're still yeah. trying to catch up to it. And I think that we're still trying to determine that. And, and, but live events go on. And, and we're not going to have a lot of conversation on virtual. I think you know, some people say, well, where's the virtual component of this? You know, we're a live event company. Yeah, uh, we didn't embrace virtual, and I, you know, and I kind of go on a limb here. But this is the fun about a podcast: you can be honest, you can be discussing things. Um, this company did not do a lot of virtual. We know, I know a lot of a lot of companies that vir did virtual and did great. You know that we're never busier virtually. We believe in the you know the live in person event business, and we stay true to that. Uh, we didn't have the technology or the platform at the time to do virtual. You know, again, a lot of changes, a lot of things to think about, and a lot of things we don't even know yet. And that's, to Oscar's point, exciting. It's okay not to know everything about this. You know, and that kind of leads us to maybe thinking about the discussion of old ways versus new ways and what works, what doesn't work, and what can we integrate to have, you know, new solutions to problems and virtual was a solution to a stalled problem that was no events. So that's something I think we should definitely consider and, and be thinking about too. Yeah, I mean, from what Harvey said as well, it's not that, correct me if I'm wrong, not an opposition mm -hmm. about it. Because I think it helped me, to be honest. I went crazy for a good long time, you know, trying to figure out where do you go after 
you know, as a professional, that your wheels are always turning. There was, I did a couple of virtual things that I produced as well back in LA and it was fun, but it was that going back to when Harvey said, when people are in that event space and you just, there's nothing like seeing their faces and just like when you open the, the doors to a ballroom and everything that you've been working for, for six, seven, eight months is finally there. And it's yeah. like, oh, wow. Like, you know, that happened. Or six, seven, eight weeks. Oh, yeah, correct. You know, the time, the time change yeah. has correct. significantly changed, right? We are, we are, we're no longer six to eight months of lead time. Coming out of the pandemic, especially corporations that were uncertain what to do, held it up until the last possible minute to make a decision to go forward or not. Uh, you know, force majeure, that'd be a good topic to talk about, but no one ever knew what it is or was. <laughs> now they know what force majeure is. And how to write it into a contract. Yeah. Uh, Force so. majeure. I love that. I love that word. <laughs> well, and like for, for someone who doesn't know what it is, can you briefly explain? Yeah, certainly. Force majeure is that it's a legal contractual term for extraordinary events that might happen that you can't actually fulfill your contract. So if there was a tornado and the airport was closed for four days, you can't expect people to fly in. Fortunately, if there was a war, you can't expect the contract to be fulfilled and then both parties are released. So with the closing of hotels and the suspension of ability to gather, all the events were able to cancel due to force majeure. Hmm. So force majeure has changed the industry just in that perspective. I want to know from both of you, um, you guys are in the DBD office every day. Tell me some of the voices you want to hear on the podcast. Who who do you think would maybe make for a good person to talk and share a little bit about themselves, what they do, and maybe some of their insights? I'll just start and say as many of the DBD employees that we can bring to the podcast would be amazing for me. You know, Again, the other part of an in-person live event company is all the employees that make up the company. It's not me, it's not Oscar. There's 200 employees out there that are creative, that are building, that are designing, that are delivering, that are selling, that are servicing. And those voices need to come out on this podcast. We look forward to doing that. Oh yeah, to me, I think everybody here is, it's almost like they were specifically chosen to work here, you know? and um. Everybody has their own outlook and perspective, and that's what makes this company great. Everybody from each department is valuable, every single person, like Harvey said. So the more people we can get in here, the better. I won't go into specifics, but definitely we should hear from every department. Like We should hear from sales and entertainment and logistics and, and services and production. Like The more that we can put out there what each department does, the better. Entertainment. Yes. Sounds interesting. So are we talking like you guys have people coming in and performing and doing other things well, yeah, like that? Yeah, we, we are a full entertainment company as well. We do full production numbers, full production shows, specialty acts, singers, comedians, magicians, models, like snake charmers, you, you <laughs> name it. Like we do it all. Yes. Oh, snake charmer. That would make for a pretty interesting interview, I feel like. I, just saying. We, uh... <laughs> In Indian weddings, one of the traditions is to have the groom brought from, you know, the village to the bride's village to ask the parents for her hand in marriage and bearing gifts. And a lot of times they come on, on the back of, a, of an elephant or a horse. But, you know, we've done weddings where, uh, you know, the elephant came up the drive of a major Las Vegas hotel. 
Wow. And, and, you know, just that coordination, you know, although it was, it's been done for centuries as a tradition, but to do it in Las Vegas, I mean, that talk about live events and talk about craziness. Now, I will quickly tell you that if you, if you think that, you know, it's expensive to do the elephant work for peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, just kind of thinking too, I'm, I'm like, just having the connection to get an elephant in Nevada, in the desert. That's, oh, that's yeah, kind of unique, just well, saying. Like a concierge of a hotel, what we are asked to find and procure from Dubai in the desert concept to snake charmers to uh, all kinds of race cars and all kinds of specialty you know, items. Uh, we're in the process of, of uh, designing a casino out in, in Waukegan, Illinois. So the, the beautiful part about our business, and you know, this is not our business DVD, but our business, the event industry, is so unique and there are so many other great companies out there you know i don't want anyone to think on this podcast that it's just us yeah it's the event industry that mm -hmm. we love we're lucky enough to be part of it love that so i think that what we really want this podcast to be too and, and maybe my hope as the host of it is that this is going to be a resource for individuals to come to and maybe for those few who want to learn more and maybe get into the live events world. Maybe they want to consider being a creative director or they want to understand sales in the live event space. I'd love to know maybe some advice that either of you would give to someone who's tuning in for the first time and maybe knows little to nothing about live events. First, I think that everybody should go out there and see what type of information they can gather. I started my career by watching Disney Imagineering. <laughs> That's what brought me to be who I am today. So if there's any type of advice that I can give to anybody is go out there, educate yourself, watch things, hear things, and try things. Hopefully we can provide you with some tools that you take from this and you have fun yeah. while doing it. Always have fun with what you do. If there's something my father always taught me, Whatever you choose to do for work, make sure that every day you have a smile in the morning. You might be kind of crappy sometimes, but always do things with a smile on your face and with grace. So mm -hmm. I hope that you learned something today. <laughs> well said. <laughs> what about your thoughts, Harvey? For the podcast, I would love nothing more than someone calls me after and say, hey, we listened to the podcast and we thought this, or what about this? You know, so again, the podcast is create energy to create outcome, to kind of create conversation on the event space. There's a lot of podcasts out there. Yeah. We're talking about the you know, live event, you know, event management, event creation space. So we'd love to talk to people who are touched by it. For those who are you know, looking at, at the industry, I mean, it's a great industry. There's a certain type of person you got to want to put long hours in. You have to enjoy, I think Oscar talked about this, it is not static. You know, we talk about left or right, and it's way right, way left. Every party's different. It's up, down. It's way up or it's way down. There's nothing standardized. So you have to be willing to, to go with the flow, but always want to, in my opinion, exceed expectations. And the one thing to those who might be, you know, thinking of uh, starting in this industry, and I hope there's a lot of hospitality students who watch this. If, if, if oh, I had yeah. one group of people who I asked to be involved in this podcast, Hospitality students. I love talking to, to students and talking about education, talking about, you know, how did you get there? What do you do? What do you, what do you think? This should help create foundation. The better your foundation is, the stronger your skyscraper will be. I think it's going to be really important for this first season. 
I think sustainability is going to be key, especially coming out of, or still living in, but learning to come out of the pandemic. And I definitely think that partnership is going to be another big key. And finding ways to talk to people who are those partners, who have those students, who have transportation groups, who have different elements that help to make this whole entire thing work and create these amazing events. And I think that the first season is going to be able to hopefully feel us into having these deeper conversations. And I would really love if you're watching, if you're listening, reach out to us, reach out to the podcast email. It's going to be on. Should we give Oscar's cell number? <laughs> no, not Oscar's a busy person, um, but um, the email will be on the thing, but reach yeah. out to us, send us your thoughts, send us your ideas. Maybe there's a topic that we're not discussing that you think might be a really good topic. We'd love to hear it. We'd love to know your thoughts and maybe something that we missed. Well, and the best way to get better at an event is as soon as it's over to post it. What was good? I always take the, the philosophy, if I knew then what I know now, would I do it differently? And almost every time we'd all, you know, everyone in this room, even those guys you can't see behind the cameras are shaking their head yes. So when you post-con, that actually becomes the pre-con for the next season. Love so let's that. see what happens with this. But thanks for doing this. You know, you're, yeah. you're awesome. Well, I, yeah, thank you guys. I think it's only appropriate <laughs> if we all um, say welcome to the DVD podcast to everyone. Welcome to the Destinations by Design podcast. So let's look straight into the camera and, and welcome them in three, two. Welcome, welcome to, to the, the Destinations DVD by Design, Design podcast. <laughs> let's try that again. Destination by Design, okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, that's a blooper. Okay, in three, two. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Destinations, Destinations by Design, Design podcast. podcast. So I think it's safe to say that for this first season, we want to explore sustainability. That's the theme we want to look at and go through. And maybe how Destinations by Design is looking at sustainability, like I mentioned, not in ways that are just going green, but in ways in our relationships and in our partnerships. I think that's going to make for a good season one. Oh, it's going to be amazing. I, <laughs> I'm excited. I want to thank Harvey Stern, CEO of Destinations by Design. I also want to thank Oscar Rodriguez, creative director of Destinations by Design. Harvey, Oscar, thank you so much for joining us for this first introduction. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Can't wait for season one. This is Destinations by Design. Destinations by Design.